0: there is no other podcast like this so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by big pharma we're in the dark ages of true healing After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell.
1: Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And we're here with episode 70.
2: Woohoo! 70!
1: Yes, 10 Forbidden Health Food Myths. Yeah. We're going to be talking about 10 things that would be considered health foods. You can buy them in a health food store. You can buy them at other grocery stores too. That are considered to be healthy uh, because of the tremendous amount of marketing that is done to make them seem healthy. But they are anything but...
2: And here's our weekly feature Forbidden Secrets They Don't Want You to Know. These are secrets that they keep from you, the dumb things they tell you, and the really important things they know nothing about. Take it away, Jack.
1: Yes, we get that from the recent edition of Cosmopolitan Magazine, the 6th of May, 2016. Eminent edition. Yes. Yeah,
2: journalism there. Yes. But this is the teenage one. Hey.
1: This well, is, there's this an is art, for teen girls. There's an article in... Boy, I hope it's not for teen girls, because some of the other stuff I saw in this magazine...
2: Honey, it is. I'm not kidding. I thought
1: Cosmopolitan was for older women. It
2: is, but they have a teen version.
1: This was a teen version? <laughs> yes. Did you see the ads? Yes.
2: I'm not going to put this link on our boy, show. Boy, they're
1: not the teens when I was a teen. <laughs> Holy smoke. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, it's about it, it's trying to help girls, teenage girls who are on antidepressants, feel good about taking antidepressants.
2: Yeah, those poor things. That's yeah, right. So I
1: wanted to hit this. It, it well, just, I
2: do feel I, sorry for them. I do. It's sure. just it's just the way they are trying to make them feel okay with taking drugs for this. For this problem, which is a severe problem for teens.
1: Well, it is. It leads a lot of them to suicide. Rather than
2: healing this. Well, I
1: scanned the article. I couldn't find anything about fats. No. I couldn't find anything about good, balanced nutritional Your gut intake.
2: microbiome, where None you make of, all the serotonin and the dopamines and None the of that. endorphins. None of that. The neurotransmitters, <clears throat> yeah. And you make was, all the B vitamins, everything.
1: They had several points, more than I'm going to go into here, but there's nine points they made. And I think we ought to talk about them. And it's like they're giving counsel to these girls. This is like a counselor would say these things. All right, now the first one, number one, people who tell you that they think psychiatric meds are evil are just so annoying. So, you know, it's kind of like, and, and I, th- this is in the article itself, going on antidepressants literally saved my life and allows me to be a functional human being. So please keep telling me about that one article you read that tro- totally proves your point. Yeah. Your point being, people who use psychiatric meds are evil.
2: Well, they don't want to, they don't want to feel that, and I don't blame them.
1: Well, no, and, and people who are on psychiatric meds aren't evil, but there's always that one person who's going to come out and say these kinds of things, and they are annoying. All right, let's do number two. Never mind. Your body is basically a science experiment until you find the right meds. <laughs> now this, is the, now this is the counsel they give in these girls. It's so rare to initially be prescribed the medication that's right for you. So you have to try lots of different meds to find out. But when you find that perfect combination of meds, you realize it was probably worth it. Yeah. Wow. This
2: is amazing what we're teaching
1: our teens. All right, number three, exchanging medication horror stories with friends is now a ritual activity.
2: Did I tell you about the time my doctor prescribed my Lexapro and I slept for 14 hours a day? Oh, my gosh, no way. Once my doctor prescribed (laughs) me Abilify and I gained 15 pounds. Yeah, see, all these horror stories that were never in my lexicon of you know growing up when i was 15 years you old you
1: graduated from high school in 79, 79. Mm-hmm. i graduated in 68 yeah we we never heard this stuff
2: yeah this is crazy stuff number 4 people asking you why you're on antidepressants is rude as hell
1: now, remember, this is, this is counsel being given to girls who have to deal with people asking them why they're on antidepressants. And so she
2: answers. She so, says, okay, I know this might sound crazy, but I take them because I have this disease called major depressive disorder.
1: Yeah, so they're telling the girls what to say when someone says, why are you on antidepressants? All right, number five, meeting someone who's on the same meds as you. No better way to bond than learning a new friend is also on Wellbutrin like Yay! you are. <laughs> this is, now, here's, here's, this a, here's a good one. This is, staggering. This is where w- the girls, you know,
2: they can, they can identify with this. Explaining all your pills you take to your new
1: boyfriend. This one helps me to go to sleep. This one helps me to wake up. This one is for depression. This one is for anxiety. Unbelievable. This is to make girls feel good about taking all of these pills. No advice in here as to why... The endocrine system has been disrupted. Maybe it's their makeup. Maybe it's the absence of fat in their diet. There's hormone disruptors in their makeup, and you see how these. Uh, at what age now are we giving makeup to these girls? Yeah, preteens are wearing makeup.
2: So here's where they really relate. When someone acts like psychiatric medications are just as dangerous as party drugs
1: is just the worst. So what, what would be your answer to someone who says that to you? Well, Boy, what the what Cosmopolitan
2: drugs t- said was, nope, sorry, bye.
1: Yeah, you get up and leave them. If someone confronts you and says, taking these drugs are as dangerous as recreational drugs, what are you supposed to do? Bye. Bye. Leave. Get away from them. You might stop buying the drugs. Number eight. There's just two more here. Number eight. People who ask... If ask you if you've tried a natural solution, as if they're really being helpful. <laughs> that's
2: so annoying. <laughs> Have you tried not offering unsolicited advice to me? I mean, that <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want a natural
1: solution. You know, there's a natural solution to this depression.
2: Oh, that's the number one thing, in my opinion, that just makes me, you know, want to scream, cry, fall down, you know, give up everything. When they say, oh, it's so annoying when they ask me if you've tried a natural solution.
1: And the last one here, and there's more, but this is the last one we're mentioning. Those moments where you can't remember whether you took your pills. Because who knows? What'll happen if you take them twice.
2: (laughs) I don't, honestly, honey, I don't don't get that one.
1: Uh, It gets to a point here that when, you know... The confusion, the contradiction, the depression, the constant reliance upon the drug for your condition is simply going to warp that brain, and you're going to get to a point where you can't remember whether you took your pills or not. And so, well, who knows what happens if you take them twice. Would it really hurt if I took them twice today? Because I can't remember if I took one.
2: Well, here's the problem with society right now, as far as medical or health, is that we think that that we shouldn't feel anything in this life. In other words, life should be a ride. We shouldn't feel depression, or things shouldn't be hard, or... And honestly, we need instant satisfaction. Yes. Yeah. If we're in pain, we need a pain You're pill. Right. If You're we right. have cancer, we need a cure. If we have... You know, any kind of, we ought to be able to eat our candy and not get diabetes. What is wrong? We just need a pill, pill, pill for everything. And then here's this depression, a pill, pill, pill. For instance, the absence of excretion does not mean you're healthy. But that's what we think. We think if we don't have a runny nose, if we don't get a cold, if we don't get the flu, oh, get your flu shot because you don't want the flu. Get your chicken pox shot because you don't want chicken pox. These are not bad things. Chickenpox isn't a bad thing. Getting a cold isn't a bad thing. We, um, our son, brought got a cold. Uh, We've talked about him in the past. He just got a cold, and, you know, that's what happens. Your body calls to it viruses, sometimes to clean out something much more terrible. But in this instance, it was probably just a virus we hadn't been exposed to. So our son got a cold, then you got it right after, and Mm -hmm. then I got it right right after. And we were sick for maybe a day and a half.
1: I might have gone a whole two days.
2: I think you went two days. I was about a day and a half. And here's the thing. If you want, I'll put on this podcast, the things that I took, because what I was trying to do was enhance my excretion where everybody runs out and get antihistamines, um, the, the flu, you know, all these different things to stop the symptoms of what your body naturally does. My body naturally got me sick because it, as we as we talked about the humoral immunity and the cell-mediated immunity in Forbidden Immunity Parts 1 and 2 in Podcast 6 and 7, when I when my body acquired this virus, it mounted a huge battle, and I decided to help it out with that. And so I took a whole slew of things. In fact, I think I kind of listed them here. And when I took those things... I got even, quote, sicker because I wanted to inflame up. I wanted my body to go after this with everything, the healing blood,
1: the healthy blood that I have. I need to say something here mm-hmm. because when you acquired, either through touch or breathing or drinking, whatever else. Kissing,
2: this, kissing my little boy.
1: This virus, this <laughs> viral entity. We know it was viral because the temperature was low.
2: Gave him a little hug and a kiss and I got it.
1: If your body did not respond to the presence of this virus, this virus would grow at leaps and bounds, eventually logarithmically, and would eventually kill you because of the toxins it produces. So you immediately went into a cell-mediated response, and it's your body's response to the presence of this virus that made you sick. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the virus that makes us sick. It is our body's response to it, the cell-mediated response. The cytokines, the IgG and the IgA and the IgE, and all the other kinds of things that start take the release of histamine and all these things where the body mounts its attack against this virus. And
2: mucus is the body's transport system to get these
1: uh, these toxins out of so you. So you took supplements that actually sped up your body's response to this virus that actually made you look like you were getting sicker. Yes, for- it was... For, what, a half a day? It was
2: beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, beautiful. if I'd already been exposed to this, then my humoral immunity would have kicked in, and I wouldn't even have noticed yeah, that. The antibodies
1: would have destroyed but it I before ha- you even knew it was there.
2: I hadn't been exposed to this. So so I started taking powdered calcium at least two teaspoons twice or calcium three times. Calcium
1: lactate, I might add here.
2: Yeah, calci- powdered calcium lactate on an empty stomach, so it would go right into my bloodstream. I took Conjuplex about every—I took every— about six every hour. I set my alarm on my watch when I was awake. And every single hour, my alarm would go off. And I would take conjuplex, Cataplex C, Cataplex F. I also took liquid echinacea. I took liquid golden seal, which helps the gut, the mucosal area of the gut. I took copious amounts of Thymex. Um, we went to a seminar a while ago, about a week ago, that they talked about Thymex, which helps, you know, the thymus gland is where your, your T cells are trained to fight infection, the white blood cells. And so the Thymex stimulates that. The Thymex supplement th- called Thymex stimulates that. So I got, quote, sicker and sicker, and it was so beautiful. I took astragalus, which is a really strong herb for a viral infection, which I figured I had a virus, which antibiotics do not help at all right. because I had a very low fever. I took chlorophyll. I took BioCult. I took Zymex. Biocult, by the way, is a um, probiotic. Zymex is a prebiotic. I took lactic acid yeast wafers. And then I got really achy. And this was late at night um, on a Monday night. And so I didn't want to take an anti-inflammatory, which would be a pain pill. Right. Because that would stop the healing. You didn't
1: take an antihistamine either to stop the runny nose. No,
2: and the coughing, all that mucus stuff coming up. Or something to stop diarrhea or anything else. I, I don't think I got that. But then then I took a bunch of valerian herb, which helped me sleep. Yes. And I slept until the next day, till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I was all better. Yeah, you were. All better. Yeah, no you're. fever, no coughing, a little residual stuffiness maybe for a day maybe. The next day I worked full speed. I was going, going, going. I mean, it was it, it was amazing. So excretion. I know this is way too long to spend on the first part of our things. Yes, I don't want you to know. We
1: haven't got to the terrible. Thing yet. <laughs> maybe we'll do the terrible one.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I'll maybe put on everything I took. I took bronch effect, a whole bunch of different, you know, herbs and different things to make myself excrete. Yes. Now that's the forbidden information that nobody tells you.
1: Yes. And I you was. You don't al- want to stop excretion. If you do, your body. Can't get these toxins out of itself and they will build up inside of itself. Yeah. And what you did was to, uh, it had an Enhanced expectorant. My it had an expectorant effect upon you mm-hmm. instead of an anti expectorant, yeah. which is an antihistamine.
2: Okay. Today's podcast comes from a small booklet entitled
1: A Terrible 10 Health Foods That Ain't by Patrick <laughs> Ervelino, a certified nutritionist. And this booklet is available from selenereverpress.com. That's S-E-L-E-N-E. All one word, of course, selenereverpress.com.
2: Yeah, it's a little booklet. It's like five bucks.
1: And I saw this, and I just flipped when I saw this, and I said, (laughs) oh, Mary, this is so good. (laughs) We have got to do a podcast on this. Uh, We did not get Patrick... Uh, uh permission to do this. So we're giving him credit. So we're giving him credit, and his book, it, it's only five bucks. It's available at selenereverpress.com. And, you know, if you're looking for that special gift <laughs> for that special person who still thinks that margarine and pasteurized milk and skinless chicken breasts are doing them fine... Maybe you want to send this to them.
2: So if it's sold in a natural food store, it must be good for you, right?
1: Of course. It came from a natural food store.
2: (laughs) So all those cookies you buy in a natural food store? Yes. Those are good for you because they're they're there.
1: Because you bought them in a natural food store. (laughs) Well, let's check out the things that really aren't. All right. Let's do number one, salad dressing. And since the main ingredient, obviously, you pick up any bottle of salad dressing in the stores, whether it's in a Whole Foods or any of these other stores, the main ingredient is oil, then one would think, well, okay, let's put in some extra virgin olive oil because that's the only really healthful vegetable oil out there. So you'd think, you think in a health food store, all the vegetable oils there would have extra virgin olive oil. But Cold you'd be pressed, wrong. But you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. <laughs> that, I, I'll tell you, I just about burst into <laughs> tears first time I ever saw Even this. Even Paul Newman's. Even Newman's own dressing
2: where it says extra virgin olive oil, sure, it has that in it, it.
1: about it's about the fifteenth <laughs> item the first item soybean oil or canola oil, yeah, so you know I mean why would sell so, you know why would salad dressing producers then where they could? Actually put some nice, good oil in their bottles. They don't. They put the cheap, refined canola or soybean
2: or safflower. Because it's or pricey.
1: Because, because extra virgin is pricey.
2: It's expensive.
1: This other stuff is super cheap. And this other stuff doesn't have any flavor to it. And because it doesn't have any flavor, the spices they put in there are carried through in the dressing. But you are actually putting a toxic poison inside your body. And, and, and I don't care if it's got expeller-pressed... Written across the front of it, and whether they 're using uh, hexane or not, because some of these are using petrochemical hexane to f- refine concentrate these materials you know and, and never mind that these refined oils have been heated to insane temperatures which, as we always have talked about before, raising the temperature above 107 degrees destroys vitamin C. And the further the temperature goes up, the more the actual oils are destroyed. And these oils are polyunsaturated fatty acids. They're PUFAs. They're extremely fragile chains. For instance, canola oil is actually a rather healthy oil if it's expressed from the plant immediately and used immediately before it can even oxidize from the ambient oxygen that's necessary, that's, that's right next to it because it's loaded with essential fatty acids.
2: Yeah, better- but
1: you take that oil and you heat it and you refine it and you bleach it and you use special kinds of metals as catalysts to hydrogenate and to further refine, refine these oils, and what do you end up? You well, end up with a toxic mess.
2: That's why Doctor Royalee said all his oils ne- they they never hit the air. Yeah, they, they. He was so worried about that. He was so, so careful to make sure that they were never exposed to oxygen. So these refined canola oil or soybean oil or safflower saffl safflower. Yeah, and you know, real olive oil tastes great. It's got a real distinct flavor. It has a spicy flavor We we talked to a restaurant up in Park City. We were throwing a fit over the oils they use, and of course they use canola oil. The chef actually came out and talked to us, and he said, let me tell you the real reason we use canola oil, and it is... You know, because it is cheaper, but that's not the real reason. In this restaurant, of course, yes. the real reason is because it doesn't have any flavor. And so, however we flavor our dishes, that's how it's going to taste. If you use olive oil, it's going to taste like olive oil. So, we we understood his point.
1: Yeah, and you and I just kind of stared at each other like you're you're missing yeah, our point. Yeah, we ma- understand your point. You're
2: making Frankenstein dishes here with
1: yeah. You got Franken oil here. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you know, if it if it used lard, yeah, it probably tastes like lard and olive oil, yeah, it'd probably have that little taste of olive oil in it. But that's what's real. I mean, these whitewashed, bleached oils.
1: It kind of destroys the whole point of eating a salad, doesn't it? <laughs> you, you you put you go get organic vegetables and you put all these things together in a bowl, and then you put this crap over top of it. Well, the only kind of dressing they'll eat is Ranch dressing. Well, look at the label. <laughs>
2: hydrogenated
1: oils. Well, oh, with hydrogenated oils or soybean or canola. Okay,
2: so All that's right. number one. Yeah. Okay, Let's we'll go, go, go
1: to fast. number two. Better Sweetened yogurt.
2: Sure. Sweetened yogurt offers some <laughs> benefits by way of its bacterial cultures.
1: Well, that's why we take it. Isn't that the idea is that we want our kids to have but these yogurts?
2: that... That is overwhelmed by its phenomenally high sugar content. Read the
1: label. <laughs> Read the label. in commercial and, and, yogurt. And, and
2: on top of that, it's made from pasteurized milk, yeah. which lacks most of the nutrients found in fresh raw milk straight from the cow. And the heat of, of pasteurization not only destroys the vitamins, it also denatures proteins yes. such as lactans. Yes. The enzyme, the actual enzyme that helps digest milk's infamous sugar called
1: Lactose. Yeah. Well, so, we, who who do you know that's? I said lactose? infamous, didn't yes, I? Yes, you said infamous. It's infamous. <laughs> that's all right. That's okay because the important thing here is that it is a rather infamous sugar. Lactose intolerant.
2: You know, but the enzyme that allows you to digest that is killed with pasteurization, pasteurization and that's how they actually do the test to see if if milk that's, has been that... per correctly pasteurized. If that enzyme is gone.
1: Yeah, along with the enzyme alkaline phosphatase, and that's the enzyme that allows the calcium to bind to the bones. Yeah, That's destroyed in pasteurization. So... So those two very important enzymes, the one that makes it possible to break down the sugar, the one that makes it possible to absorb the calcium, are both destroyed in pasteurization. So I don't care if it's a yogurt or if it's just Whole milk, 2% milk, 1% skim, whatever. If it's been pasteurized, it's dead. As, as Dr. Francis Pottinger Jr. and Dr. Royal Lee said a long time ago, that it also pasteurization also removes the anti stiffness factor that mm. comes with raw milk mm. and that is very important for people with arthritis which Dr Lee referred to bluntly as a cooked food disease
2: he said it prevents arthritis prevents arthritis a there's even food there's disease. even
1: stores out there on the internet that, that will sell the what they call the x factor the anti stiffness factor that's been removed destroyed by pasteurization that they collect out of butter <laughs> just eat butter. Yeah, just, just eat butter, just, just eat, eat grass-pastured butter and drink raw milk. <laughs> if you're going I mean it's not not that hard. Right, number 3, pasteurized fruit juice. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, fr- fresh fruit juice. Well, you know, especially if you juice it right off the tree
2: or consumed in moderation is
1: very nutritious. It's a very good source of vitamins, minerals, other nutrients. The kind of uh, fruit juices that are in the store are commercially produced. And then they're frozen or they're transported hundreds of miles. And a lot of times they weren't ripe off the tree. You can tell when you drink tree-ripened orange juice. It's got that special flavor to it. But what we're talking about is the pasteurized fruit juice that you often will throw into a child's lunchbox.
2: Yeah, it destroys the heat-sensitive vitamins, the enzymes, and it only leaves behind essentially a big gulp of fructose. Yes,
1: this and this is we're going to talk more about fructose here in a moment, but among yeah. other things, fructose we know increases insulin resistance in the body and converts almost exclusively to fat in the liver. So
2: you get a fatty liver.
1: Yes, yeah, people, alcoholics will have a problem with fatty liver disease because their sugar, their ability to handle sugars, is terribly disrupted. Fructose does not raise insulin. Fructose goes straight to the liver for processing. Because that fructose has to be converted into glucose before your body can use it. But glucose and sucrose, two other kinds of sugar, uh, will raise insulin. But the large amounts of fructose that your liver is having to deal with raises the body's sensitivity to insulin... So, you, so become, that you need more insulin and more insulin and more insulin. So you're to drinking just, all
2: this sugar, but you can't get it into your cells.
1: Yeah, be, and, until you get enough insulin, it's, which is just destroying the pancreas. you become insulin resistant. And you're going to move into the metabolic problems, and mm-hmm. you're going to end up as a type 2 diabetes patient.
2: It also makes for the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, yes. which is prevalent in our state here. Well, it
1: is. So... And, and that's and
2: we could go further. <laughs> that's probably letting fructose off easy. Absolutely, we're just we're we'll just
1: leave <laughs> no, we it there d- We and did move a show on, on
2: this before. We're well, so. we'll move
1: on soy milk. Now, I don't know for how long—two decades, three decades—soy's <laughs> been promoted as a health food. I mean, ever since the FDA said back in uh, the late nineties, the late nineties. That it was good for cardiovascular health because of the power of the marketing uh, approach that came out to promote it.
2: Because you can't kill a soybean plant. You can run over it. You can yell at it. <laughs> you
1: yeah. can spray Roundup on it. Yes. And it's still going to be there. Yeah. So. So that's why soy. You know, soybeans. They don't take a whole lot of care. They don't have a whole lot of maintenance. You plant them. You harvest them. Uh, if you run short on rain one year, you still have soybeans. <laughs> if you grow. have a lot of rain one year, you still have soybeans. It's kind of like and cats. the thing is that this, the science has failed to confirm any of the proposed benefits of soy in the sense of whether, it, well, it's better for the heart than milk or some other kind of illness. In fact, the American Heart Association had this study back in 2006, and I'm going to quote from it here, quote, Earlier research indicating that soy protein has clinically important favorable effects as compared with other proteins— with respect to heart disease, cancer prevention, bone loss prevention, and menstrual irregularity, has not been confirmed. The Ooh. American Heart Association said that. And, and then when you look at these, the isoflavones uh, and the other anti nutrients, and an anti nutrient is something that destroys a nutrient. And all these things are in there, disrupting thyroid function, messing up a woman's cycle, hormone disruptors that are involved with soy milk.
2: And, and women, they use this for their babies. This oh. this emasculates men. I because I,
1: it is loaded with phytoestrogens. Mm-hmm.
2: I personally know a person that was fed soy milk, not nursed, fed soy milk from day one, and literally is asexual, not interested in boys or girls. Just yeah, young young man, just literally no interest in sexual procreation or anything.
1: And then on top of that, you've got a very highly processed, highly marketed product, and which, of course, is more, uh, more beneficial to the bottom line of soy milk producers than it is for people who actually consume it. Okay. And it just complete lack of scientific evidence to support otherwise. All right, this one is a little, this one's going to be a little We're hard. We're going to step on some toes here. We're gonna, that's what I'm looking for. We're going <laughs> to step on some toes. Whole grain breakfast cereals. Yay!
2: My family lived on this. Well,
1: I grew up on breakfast cereals. Now, people are going to talk about gluten, and they're going to talk about whether humans were ever intended to eat grains at all. Well, breakfast cereals do not come from grains. Breakfast cereals come from grain flour. So the plant that is making these breakfast cereals, and I've seen this. I've see, I seen this in Oshawa, Ontario, at a Kellogg's factory. And I took a tour through there. And you could see where the grain um, not the grain, but the flour was being delivered to the plant. Oh, it wasn't whole grain? The whole grains didn't show up. Mm. Flour showed up, corn flour, wheat flour, oat flour, this mm. kind of stuff. And then the flour went into these big tanks, and then, of course, they get all mixed up with a lot of different products. The number one thing they're mixed up with? Gluten? Sugar. Oh. Absolutely. They're mixed up with—the the, actual—before they're sprayed with sugar— they're mixed up with sugar. Wow. Not wheat germ. huh? Not wheat germ, no. <laughs> and these are highly refined flours. Remember that too. And I think this is what lies at the root of the metabolic syndrome I was talking about there a few moments ago. That that group of risk factors that you, you hear about it everywhere, you see it everywhere in America today, that just marks the onset of diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Stroke. And then the thing you're always talking about with grains. This stuff is Prophetic loaded with acid. phytic acid.
2: Yeah. Which is an anti-nutrient, and it binds to minerals in the gastrointestinal tract. So it binds—what's the real important mineral?
1: Uh, Two of them come right to mind, calcium (laughs) Calcium? and magnesium. Yeah,
2: so you can't absorb them, and so you become osteoporotic from eating breakfast cereals.
1: And it's own heart problems, and then and then what they do a lot of these cereal makers they will put all these antioxidant fi- vitamin oh, they fractions, spray in there. Them. they spray them they, with. Uh, well, that's what we saw, and what I was watching was cornflakes. Okay, and there's Did they this, have cute little molds for the flakes? Well, they have these little spitters. <laughs> they have now you, you, you and I, you and I, and the kids like cute went little. to a donut. What's the famous donut stuff that's everywhere out there? Not Dunkin' Duncan, Donut. No. no, the other one. that you they The have, better one. They have the glass panels, and you can actually oh, see the Oh, you should know, because you own a donut with a K. shop. It begins with a K. I, I don't What's know. What's the donut thing? I don't know. And but you know you're, you you have a special him, place
2: in hell for you. Yes, you can you, watch them you being made,
1: a, and the flour is in this you're, machine. You're ignoring me. And it cuts the... You're damn right <laughs> I'm... You're darn right I'm ignoring you. <laughs> and it cuts the flour, and then the donut shapes go along this...
2: Conveyor belt. conveyor
1: belt that goes into a proof box and the little chain things go up a little bit then they go up a little bit then they go up a little bit, they a little bit while they're in a proofer which is a proofer oh, huh it's what well, the where it proofs that's where it raises of proof, course. the proofing of bread yes. is the raising of bread and then it goes it gets dropped in a fryer then it gets dropped in a glaze bath
2: Ooh, a fryer of what kind of oils <laughs> Lard? Not, beef tallow? Yes,
1: not lard Benched or beef w- tallow or peanut oil. Yeah, or peanut oil. The cheapest oil they can find. Yeah. You bet. Well, that's what I saw with the making of cornflakes. They had this, the, the, the dough would be dropped into this hopper, and this little mold thing was coming around, M O L D, and uh, the, the dough would spit out. Onto this moving conveyor, and it and then it was flattened by this particular device, and it went through an oven that heated it, and that's where the crinkles and the cornflake shape mm, came from. I'm getting hungry. And the last thing that happened before it dropped off the end into a dryer was this. Psh, you see the spray. So I asked the guy and I said, "What's that? What's that spray coming out?" Oh, that's vitamins.
0: Ooh, yum.
1: Those are vitamins. Now they're putting. Was it anti- broccoli? Was they, it? Did no, you see broccoli come no, squishing out? No, I didn't see asparagus or cauliflower <laughs> or anything else. And the, the the antioxidant spray that's hitting these cereals is to prevent the oxidation of the oils that's in this stuff. That's already soon as oxidated. It, as soon as it went back at the meal when these seeds in the, and the uh, grains and kernels were cracked and crushed and that mm-hmm. oil was expressed, it was oxidized there on the spot because Bam. this isn't what man is supposed to be they eating. They weren't hermetically sealed, like nope.
2: Dr. Lee does with his oils, Dr. Nope. Roy Lee. They weren't hermetically sealed.
1: <laughs> so, you know, so it, the grains... Don't, uh, they, they, those they,
2: become carcinogenic.
1: Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. Rancid yes. vegetable oils are known to be carcinogenic. And, and truly,
2: truly the, the brown bread you eat is... Pr- Whole wheat bread. Whole wheat bread the yeah. whole, whole, is probably worse. More for you. dangerous
1: than the white bread.
2: It probably is because the oils have become rancid. Yeah,
1: the vitamin E oils that came from the, um, uh, not the the germ of the mm-hmm. wheat hits the oxygen; it goes rancid, and then it's
2: yeah. And I should say the store bought because you know if you do it at home and do it fast, it's probably
1: okay. Well, but. yeah. The the quicker you can process, the, produce bread out of it, or get it into fermentation. It, yes,
2: you've soaked it or, or sprouted it.
1: Well, when like you that. sprout wheat, you have you don't have a grain anymore. Now right. you have a vegetable. The
2: vegetable, and then the phytic acid is and gone. Is very as we healthy. talked about in our podcast number oh oh oh, wait for it, wait for it, it's number sixty, grain, celiac disease, right. and leaky we gut. Three strikes, it you're out. Yes. yes.
1: Okay. All right. Number six: low-fat milk, Ooh. which should really be low-fat anything. And we've already talked about the pasteurization, which, by the way, goes for organic milk, yeah, just as much as it does for conventional. But let's talk about the fat for a minute, because in spite of nearly four, I think five decades now of yeah, government least. propaganda, I think it's about
2: seventy years.
1: <clears throat> I think so. Well, it goes back to the it goes back to the fifties when the low-fat stuff started. And there has still not been any real authentic science linking animal fat and heart disease. Scientifically except, anyway. Yeah, except for trans fats. You know, big surprise. And so, and then in this snow job of getting rid of fat for people who are drinking low-fat milk or non-fat milk, there goes the vitamins A, D, E, and K that were all removed when they took the fat out of that milk.
2: Those are the fat-soluble vitamins, yes. that essential fatty acids. A critical. is absolutely
1: essential to tissue growth. D is essential for calcium absorption of strong bones. E is absolutely essential for a strong, resilient heart. And K, of course, is a lot of different things, not the least of which is the clotting factor. Mm-hmm. And those, those are removed when they remove the fat from the but milk.
2: You don't have fat in your diet. You are missing vitamins A, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K, the fat-soluble vitamins. So that low-fat milk, you are missing, and your children are missing, and your father and mother are missing mm. that. And in our schools. And they have, they have no skim milk in our son's school. I told him, if you if you drink that.
1: <laughs> so we've talked about Dr. Price in the past, Dr. Weston Price, and there's the westonaprice.org foundation that I recommend everybody become a member of. And they talk about Dr. Price's uh, trips around the world and whether he was seeing the mostly meat-eating Eskimos of Alaska or the agricultural tribes of the African Plains or the blood- and fat-eating uh, Maasai of the Serengeti or the uh, vegetable-eating uh, Polynesians, whatever they ate, they always had foods that were very high in saturated fats. And
2: they suffered virtually no heart attacks, n- no cancers, diabetes, strokes, even obesity.
1: Yep. You didn't see these various peoples become fat till they started eating breakfast cereal. Yeah. <laughs> they started eating the Western diet. All right, okay. now, number seven, another biggie, agave. Ooh. Yeah, this is, the agave's, you know, it's interesting. How did that
2: become a health food, agave, it, a, a, a good sugar?
1: Well, sugar had a bad name. Well, let's... High fructose corn syrup had a bad name. So the marketers were out there saying, hey, you know, we haven't tested this stuff. We don't know whether it's going to hurt people or not, but it's new. They sat down with the soy people. They sat down with the soy people. They said, people. hey,
2: this is cheap to produce. How did you
1: get those people to drink that stuff? <laughs> we, we have this other stuff that we want to put in food. Tell us how you got to drink soy. Maybe we can tell them how to drink agave. Because agave typically, I mean, well, it's got 70% fructose and effective, no effective clinical data. To to back up how this suddenly became out suddenly came out to be a healthful alternative to sugar for crying Behold out loud. Behold
2: the power of food marketing. Absolutely, Behold. absolutely.
1: Yeah, the Mexicans for centuries have been producing an agave extract, an agave sweetener for their foods, but it's not this commercial stuff.
2: Most assuredly, it is not Most but It is assuredly. manufactured now.
1: And so it's going through what? It's going through the high heat. It's going through the synthetic chemical catalyst. And though we don't really know which ones for sure, because the agave producers are not required to reveal their processing methods. So they just haven't bellied up to the bar and say, oh, all right, yeah, they, here's how we make they it. They didn't
2: volunteer that information. No, they didn't. Yeah. And
1: like high fructose corn syrup, agave has a mixture of sucrose and fructose. But where the high fructose corn syrup is only fifty five percent fructose, agave is seventy percent. Wow and sometimes in some cases ninety percent. Wow. And very few clinical trials have ever been conducted to test the effects of agave on our health. So, you know what do we we're just one giant colony <laughs> of guinea pigs.
2: <laughs> hey, it's got a low glycemic yes, index. Yes, that's
1: their big selling feature. It's got a <laughs> low glycemic. And why? Because it's fructose. So you're
2: going to become insulin resistant. That's right. Eating agave.
1: All right. FYI. Number, eight, number eight, organic frozen dinners. Well, it's organic. <laughs> we ought to be able to just take this home and, you know, with this black plastic thing it's in and... Let's just throw it in the microwave and warm them up because it's organic. Hey, anything in plastic anymore has BPA, and depending on how long it's been sitting there in that tray, depending on how long it's been frozen, it is going to absorb this stuff. Especially things that have that are in polycarbonate plastic. So as soon as all the BPA stuff came out, when was that? Ten years ago? Twenty years ago? People got scared to death of having anything in plastic. Yeah,
2: they're they're putting their baby bottles. Um, in the microwave,
1: mm-hmm. and and the Nalgene containers. Oh, they well, we got to get rid of these things. This is terrible. This is dastardly chemicals killing us. Well, BPA, everybody is in almost all plastic, even the ones that are considered to be BPA free. But beca- that's not that's beca- not really the big point.
2: Yeah, because. They're loaded with so many freaky chemicals. It's just a matter of time before the next nasty, oh, yeah. formerly declared safe compound is discovered. It's, it's
1: just like the drugs. I mean, it's only a matter of time before the drugs that are being promoted right now in the marketplace, and all of a sudden there's going to be some law firm, have you tried to a bill of fly? <laughs> are your eyes falling out of your head? <laughs> are you being visited by little green men under the floor? Call this number. Because, but last
2: week it was fine. <laughs> yes.
1: But last week the, the the CDC thought it was a great drug. The FDA thought it was a great drug. Well, there's no such thing as nutritionally safe plastic. Especially if it's heated or if it has fat and you heat it. Yeah, because because the plastic molecule, it's not the same as a fat molecule. But it's closer being a hydrocarbon to fat than it is to water. So when the plastic warms up, there's going to be a transference of some of those chemicals from the plastic manufacturing that's going to get into the fat of the food. And you're going to eat it.
2: So you better have a good kidney and liver. (laughs) Get this out.
1: So the next time someone is screaming for Amy's enchiladas (laughs) at, at Whole Foods... And this is nothing against Whole Foods. So by any means. you know,
2: here's a here's a little tip too. You get your food. You eat at a restaurant. You take home your doggy bag. It's not a bag anymore. A lot of times, it's that plastic. Take it home. Put it on something glass if you're going to heat it up in the oven or stainless steel or 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 something like that. Don't heat it up in the stuff they send you home yeah. with.
1: Put it in a glass container. Yeah. Preferably a microwave-safe container. Yeah.
2: Okay, Okay. the worst more. of all...
1: No, we haven't got to the worst no, yet. No, this one's the worst one. You I, think so? Yes. Butter-like spreads is the yeah, worst one? I, did, I, did, I think I, the last one is, but I we'll don't. get to both.
2: No, this is the worst one. Wow. Margarine.
1: Without those wretched, trans-fatty, believe- hydrogenated oils. They have that now. You can go in the supermarket, and they have margarine there that says trans-fat-free.
2: They have that spray that fat well, spray. Well, that's that, it's that just Pam, like Pam. this says no fat.
1: It says it says 100% fat free and then you read what's <laughs> in the label. It's all fat. Soybean oil.
2: Yeah, but it's fat. It's
1: canola all... <laughs> oil. 100% fat. But that's because the food labeling laws because when they tested what came out of the spray nozzle I mean <laughs>
2: It's so tiny. Do,
1: does that what people do? Or when they are getting a little 9-by-9-inch nine nine glass dish ready for brownies, and they're using their Pam, they're going... Psh-sh. Now, if they just gone... Then it could have been considered fat-free.
2: Honey, it wasn't brownies. It was Rice Krispie Treats that Is I that used to was? do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I would spray with Pam.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's ridiculous. And so then now they, I
2: got breast lumps.
1: So now they say, well, we don't have any trans-fatted or fatty hydrogenated oils. But these Franken butters are simply refined seed and soy oils blended with palm oil, and you know about processing oils. The high heat, the chemical catalysts, the filtration. The, the metals. The um, process that's put through to make it clear, to get bleached? all... Bleached? Thank oh. you. That's the term I'm looking for, you bleach. Need
2: some RNA. I'm going to bring you okay. some RNA.
1: Well, anyway, all of this... Processing gimmickry came about so that people could ev- avoid eating a bona fide health food, butter. Butter. <laughs> so, and remember the the um, remember the uh, margarine that came out and said butter, butter. You know, they would open up the lid on the commercial and I it would can't be believe saying it's not butter, butter, butter. Yeah. Why? Because people know how much better butter tastes.
2: There's nothing better in the world than melting butter on the stove. There's no better smell. You put a little butter in a pan. You start to melt it.
1: You put in those organic eggs.
2: It's better than chocolate chip cookies cooking. Melted butter, everybody loves, and there's a reason for that.
1: Yeah. Now, if you can find raw butter from a local farmer, you're doing yourself and the farmer a lot of good.
2: Yeah, in Utah, it is actually illegal to have raw butter.
1: So you'd have to go to the farmer yourself and get it. Yeah. Okay, that brings us up to my favorite, the granddaddy of all garbage health foods. Wait,
2: I have some stuff here for this. The
1: ode to fake nutrition and revitalized <laughs> foods. The golden goose of the manufacturing and process industry. It's the energy bar. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A, the, an experiment to, to combine all the worst elements of the modern food supply under a single wrapper. You have soy isolate in there. You've got tons of sugar. Look where sugar fits into that well, energy Well, it's low bar. fat,
2: it has to have sugar. That's low fat means high sugar.
1: Synthetic vitamins and all these little creepy natural little food fractions <laughs> they stick in there. <laughs> and, of course, if you look far enough, you could find the occasional refined hey. grain that has the rancid vitamin E acids in it. Now, if there is a better way to screw up the chemistry of your body, I can't think of anything more conveniently done than to eat an energy bar.
2: Yeah, except for the booklet says a better way to jack up the chemistry of your body. You you didn't want to use that word, did you? No. (laughs) Okay. I searched, I Googled the best bars I could find, and I came up with um, the top eight Best energy bars there were, and of course, the best ones they think are the lowest fat ones with the most protein. So you eat these massive protein bars, you will blow out your. And where did
1: the protein come from? Does it have a? Does it say soy isolate on there? Uh, You know. Does it say a whey isolate? It just says protein.
2: This one, this one, this is their best, their favorite one on this website. It says um, sugar is about three teaspoons. It says lower would be nice, but this is about average since sugars make bars taste good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's
2: what they said. <laughs> sugars
1: make bars taste good. <laughs> so, you know, there you go. Sugar just about, sugar makes everything yeah. go down And easy. their
2: second favorite one was, offers a delicious 13 grams of quality protein. Just says quality. I don't know what it is. And it's also not- noteworthy on this bar, Jack. Agave nectar for the sweetener.
1: Oh, see, yeah. that's why we do this podcast, it's to try to help you out a little it's bit. It's the
2: forbidden information. You know,
1: and, you th- and, and just like the very first thing you started off with there, because you bought it in a health food store, it must be healthy. Yeah. No, it's pricey, <laughs> and you have to look far and wide Put in a, a health farmer's food market. store. Farmer's markets are great if you can get one. If you live somewhere where they have them year-round, yeah. for sure. But, um,
2: but you get gummy vitamins in health well, food that's, stores. I have
1: special mention here. Okay. I don't just have the 10. <laughs> I came up with some special mentions of my own. Gummy vitamins for children. Yeah. And it, on the front of the bottle, I saw this. No HFCS, no high fructose corn syrup. But you read it, really? and it, it's got sugar in it.
2: What kind? By, of, like well, pure cane sugar? sugar? I, don't,
1: I, don't if, I don't remember if it was cane sugar or not. It just said sugar. Wow. And then, you know, and then most foods in health food stores that are not marked organically grown in the USA. If it says organic grown in the USA and it's not in a plastic container, it's probably okay. Good. If it's organic from Chile or organic from Mexico, I don't trust it. But organic in America still means something.
2: But if you buy potato chips in a Whole Foods store, they're, they're okay, Right.
1: It depends on what they got fried in. And even olive oil is not intended to be fried. Oh, I know. Because olive oil, it's an omega-9, mostly an omega-9 oil.
2: It can't take high heat. It can't
1: take high heat.
2: So they fry these in safflower oil, sunflower oils.
1: And, the, and the, these oils are still fragile vegetable oil. oils. When they have potato chips fried in lard, yeah. like it, they used to be, yeah. I'll buy some.
2: Which we want to do.
1: Yeah. And then, and then you know, the, what do they feature in health food stores? And even the health food store we like to go to. I love it when I see the cookies and the pies and the cakes and the candies. <laughs> you know, that even though they don't have high fructose corn syrup or corn syrup or glu- glucose on the label, they're still loaded with sugar. And then you got to love this last one, non fat foods sold in a health food store. I know. Now, to me, that is a total misnomer. Or,
2: or in restaurants where they say the light menu, the healthy menu, and it's all nonfat.
1: It's all nonfat, but it's very sweet. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't eat it.
2: Oh, yeah, tons of sugar. So stores.
1: it's not a question of fat or nonfat. It's a question of what kind of fat and how was that fat processed, because fat is absolutely essential to human physiology. The dry weight of our brain is fat. Our nerves are made out of fat. Our skin's made out of fat. Fat is the number one energy source for the heart. But you know, this, this fat nonsense, this non fat nonsense that came out back in the fifties with Ansel Keys, I, I I I think he may be more responsible. He may be responsible for more dead people than anybody else in now, the world. taking years.
2: iodine out of our diets, I think.
1: Well, that was pretty bad. Too.
2: I think that destroyed the so, emotional health and pro pre procreation. I mean literally babies health. Was destroyed taking iodine.
1: Well, it makes them dumb, made doesn't us, it? Made
2: us cretins. Yeah. So we believe stuff like the terrible ten health foods that just ain't.
1: Patrick Ervalino, it's E A R V O L I N O, is a certified nutritionist. You can get that little booklet. I suggest you buy several of them and pass them out. From Celine River Press, S E L E N E is Celine. CelineRiverPress.com. So. And just for our podcast listeners, and this is not found on our website. Yet. Yet.
2: Don't,
1: don't forget.
2: forget oh, go, we did that together. Should we do it again?
1: Don't, don't forget. forget to go to ForbiddenDoctor.com. surgery. That was kind of creepy, actually. Yeah, it, it was creepy. <laughs> that, I, I just got I creeped don't know. out. I just, you know, okay, I'm go, go there, fill
2: out the form, get a personalized survey, and get it for free for now. That's what we're doing. We yes. just have to say it fast so we don't have to think about
1: it. It's normally 150 Because it costs
2: bucks. us a lot. It it takes us quite well, a bit of time. I have to pay the
1: crew to do this. <laughs> I
2: know. It takes us and quite a bit I of time. And I have to pay
1: me to review it. Yeah. And these things aren't laying around where everybody can see them. They're protected under HIPAA requirements. No one sees them except our two nutritional staff, Ambrosia and Jill.
2: Yeah, they don't even get printed out.
1: Nope. And then they give them to us for for a final review. And we write some comments on there as to what we think might be personal for that person. And then we send it back. And we're way behind. I mean, I think I'm almost two weeks behind. We'll
2: catch up. You won't die between. Well, maybe. Maybe some of you will.
1: We, well, we, I stopped eating all these things in the terrible ten.
2: Yeah, we did have one person that was almost dead that called us and said, we need the survey done really please, fast. Please, please, please. Right. Yeah, I think we did All right.
1: That. Well, that'll do it for this week.
2: Okay. We will see you next week. You guys have a great weekend. See you then.
0: Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.